Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon i hope you're well my guest is a producer the producer let's go with a producer on the flagrant ones a self-described good podcast co-hosted by Hayes Davenport and former guests of this very show, Carl Tart and Sean Clemens. She's a Portland Trailblazers fan and owner of a pair of Harden 5, excuse me, Harden Volume 5 Future Naturals, which I quite like for the record, and cohabitates with a tuna hoarding terrier named Gil. Please welcome Kelsey Redding. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you. What a nice introduction. It's all downhill from here. It's all true. I just want everyone to know that was all true. <laughs> okay, good. Honestly, that if anything, I want to make sure I A, pronounce their name correctly because that's mm-hmm. like so fundamental, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then B, be factual because I've had a few times where I like misplaced something and then I was like, well, I had one job to do and I couldn't even do that right. So this is a good start. Perfect. It's your podcast debut. We got we to gotta nail this, you know, so we can, you can this is the dragon you'll be chasing from or, now on or i just do one and never again and this is it <laughs> the capital ti the infamous only episode uh-huh. of your appearance in a non-flagrant yes. ones environment yep honestly I, you know maybe infamy is better than famity yeah famity famity <laughs> it's close to famine and you know you it's i'm gonna stay away from that i'm gonna go with infamy for me that's good. You know, famine's kind of a loaded situation, I would argue, to put it lightly. So, yeah, that's probably a good idea. Yeah. So let's go with infamy instead of for me. Fam- yeah. It's not for me. For me. <laughs> <laughs> when you're here, you're for me. So we'll go with that. <laughs> Didn't even mention this, but this is the how we start the show with the um, deeply unfair question. How are you? Today, I'm good. Today I'm good. I've been coming in and out of uh, good and bad, and, and today feels good. I'm, I feel like I'm, uh, I got my words with me. You don't always have your words, you know. Some days you, you turn the power on on your, on your brain, and it's like, ooh, you get that slow yeah. modem sound. <laughs> <laughs> dial up, is connected. Don't got it today. Do uh-uh, not, not got today. it today. But I just checked in, and I have my words, so um, I'm feeling good today. Uh, I'm, I'm currently not employed aside from the podcast so i've been trying to like find ways to spend my time and yeah some of those days have been better spent than others and have been easier to bear than others but today feels good the lexapro's hidden so <laughs> that's a win yeah yeah that's, yeah. A, that's an absolute win as somebody who is on lexapro myself yeah mm-hmm. very yeah. much relate to all of that Shout out to 15 milligrams. Anybody in the room? 15 milligrams? I just raised my hand too, by the way. I raised my hand. I I, I even lightly raised the roof. Okay, good. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Lexapro fam, two for two in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And my voice cracks. Yeah, Lexapro is good stuff. I highly recommend it if anybody is maybe, I don't know. I probably shouldn't be saying that. Uh, Consult your doctor. How about that? (laughs) I will, I'll say it. I will say that it was probably the thing that has, the, the best decision I've maybe ever made was going on LexPro. And so I'll say that right there. Um, that absolutely changed my, like the, my relationships with people, how I um, reacted to situations, and just like my overall happiness level. So if you're considering it, um, do it. 
now. I know exactly what you mean, though. Like, yeah. um, for me, I don't know, it sounds so cinematic. I, I, maybe as a major film lover, I, I express things more cinematically than I probably should. I remember just the first time, or the, once it started to really kick in after a ha- handful of days, I just remember thinking, like, colors are brighter right now. <laughs> oh, Which yeah. seems, uh, but it was like, uh, whatever helps me get out of my own way uh-huh. is such a, like, thank God. It truly uh-huh. is, like, a blessing. So between that and therapy, two things where I'm like, true, like, I should have done this years ago. Oh, yeah. Amazing. How long have you been on LexPro, if you don't mind me asking? I have been on, great question, since 2016. Okay. Like, mid-2016. So whatever that is, six years plus. So you're old friends at this point. We're pretty well acquainted, yeah. 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 Do, you, do you envision uh, being on it forever? Or do you think that this is just like a temporary, like, do you, do you want to make tweaks to it? I'm sorry. I'm very curious. Let's see other people's journey on this. Oh, no, ask whatever. It's a great question because it's weird, you know, even when you just asked that question, part of me was thinking about how, and it's not a one-to-one thing by any stretch, but knowing certain friends who have taken medication for whatever reason, and then you get to a point where like you have enough momentum in certain cases and you think like I've solved it and mm-hmm. then you get off it and then it mm-hmm. just gets and then things get bad and I'm really fearful of that so a part of me is just like this is just how it is and I don't I think that's okay you know yeah I think I'm okay with that I don't think it has to be I don't know it's like maybe some people get resigned to their fate and I can understand how they would get that to where it gives you maybe a false illusion of control at least in that regard mm-hmm. and I'm okay with having that like I manipulate myself all the time I don't know why this is any different I think it's fine I'm perffectly fine with that how about you you know it's hard because it's kind of steering the ship too right so you're mm-hmm. like I don't know if it's hard to know if the mechanism is still working, if it if it's, you know, what it's doing or if it is just, I'm not making any sense here. No, um, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, so for, for me, like I've gone down and I've gone up a few times, gone down and gone up. Um, and uh, and I've thought, you know, that LexPro was the very first um, SSRI that I've, I've ever taken and the only one. Mm-hmm. And so part of me was like, I wonder what, you know, if this is really doing everything it should be doing, you know, what what does life look like on the other side of that hill? You know, yeah. or what's how green is that grass? Um, but it's just so, you know, the known is so comfortable yeah. that it it's like, oh, I've gone down, I've gone up. Like, this feels good to me. Um, but yeah, I am always skeptical, honestly, of when my friends say they're going to go down or go off. I'm like, but you were doing so well. Are you yeah. sure? <laughs> you know, yeah. like... Don't take that ex-boyfriend back. You're, you were doing great without him. You know, like that kind of thing. You know, thinking about it now too, though, like there is such like a, when you, to your point about the known, there is also like such an enticing like sexiness about the unknown because it's this blank canvas on which you can project and you're like, could be pretty great. Mm-hmm. But also though, like, I don't know, you know, it's tough because maybe you know, maybe you've taken it over a certain amount of time to where things are different. You've had some form of evolution and maybe, you know, maybe you can't handle it. I don't know. I I think maybe yeah. I, maybe if you can do it to through the prism of I'm going to try it, mm-hmm. but then once the signs start, I just immediately go back on. No question. Yeah. And I try to wait it out and try to fix it within that because I just always see like anxiety and depression, the two things that I have that can be uh-huh. real, real motherfuckers. That yeah. I just see them as the word that always comes to mind is insidious. 
That's mm-hmm. what I always think because it just doesn't give a shit if you're the nicest, most empathetic person. Mm-hmm. It can just take you over and it does not care. And it can do it. And it's not a one plus one equals two. It can do it when everything is going perfectly and everything should be fine and you do everything the quote unquote correct way. And then it just comes to wreck havoc. Like it does not matter. That's interesting that you view it as this like outside foreign body or foreign entity because I've kind of changed my perspective on it in that it's it's me, you know. It's not mm-hmm. it's not um I'm not being overtaken or, or anything. It's like this is is just another variation of me that is uh you know self-sabotaging yeah. or or trying to pull me under and so like the 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 manifestation of my anxiety or depression is is Kelsey you know is is just mm-hmm. Kelsey A or Kelsey B or sometimes she's Deborah sometimes she's Janine you know yeah. <laughs> uh so but yeah i i think that helps me less like vilify it and more accept that it is like natural and okay to have those things um but it is um it's just just something that we have to like all get together Je- deborah janine kelsey a kelsey b we all get to get together in a room <laughs> talk about it and be yeah. like hey are we sure about this is this really the decision that we want to make <laughs> that's a great way to put it and it, yeah I'm, no, I'm gonna be unpacking that for a while too just because <laughs> it, because it makes sense um as somebody who can be self-critical and just the idea of self-love is a beautiful idea that I just want to get to self-like. And I'm not self-loathing by any stretch. Sure. But also just like being easier on myself mm-hmm. and trying to figure out a way to, to make that, for me to understand that and still kind of, for lack of a better word, keep my edge. Because it is like the thing that keeps me in check also. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the sense of... uh of like the checks and balances in my head of like processing things and making sure. So it's kind of hard to, I need to be able to separate those things and that's going to be, that's going to take some work. Oh yeah. But then again, as you know, as opposed to what everything in life being so easy anyway, you know, like, I don't know. I, I think it's going to take work and I think it should because mm-hmm. that's kind of how that works. For sure. Oh, life is so complicated. <laughs> that is a great point though, by the way, just uh, thinking about, um, yeah, I need to I need to really unpack the thought of thinking about it through the prism of myself as opposed to it. Obviously, there's a there's some kind of comment on control at that point in a way of just like me. I don't know what I'm saying. It's no, a thing that's you. outside of me. I need to to welcome it in maybe and think about it through that prism as opposed to to that way. I don't know. Yeah. As somebody who is like routine based, I guess uh-huh. it makes me feel like I have no control. So that's where the prism I see it through. So it's uh it's tough. It's interesting because um, I guess this sort of concept came into my life when my mom got cancer and, and she, you know, she, there's a lot of narratives around cancer where people talk about like, we're going to fight this, we're going to beat this, fuck mm-hmm. cancer, all of that. And I don't know if she, it was she, if it was my mom that told me this or, or where it came to pass, but we were talking about like the cancer cells are not this you know again foreign entity this villain or whatever it's a mutation of her the cancer is her right so so she is the cancer and the cancer is her so it is not that we are trying to beat up this bad guy it is that we are trying to help her 
and and that and and so it was kind of a a different perspective for me on all sort of illnesses is that it's it we like to create this uh, mental idea of it being an other when it when yeah. it's not I was about to say I love that, and which considering the subject is not a great combination of words, but in the sense of I like the <laughs> the thought process of the more of an acceptance factor, I suppose, but also mm-hmm. not making it good versus evil or like, because there's not a sentience involved. It's not right. like the word I use, insidious, much like I use to the prism of depression. But that's something I try to think about more and more about going with the current as opposed to trying to fight it, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. just acceptance of that and just realizing it makes things easier. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I mean, not always, but it's just a there's a beauty to that thought that I really like. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'm sorry about your mom. That's terrible. Yeah, it was a bummer. Here's a a totally different thing, not to very unsettling. Hey, yeah, how do you segue out of cancer? <laughs> Were you sweating? <laughs> oh God, yeah. I was about to say like. I don't know how to transition, but I prefer that to speaking of which, and then we go <laughs> to that, just the sociopathy of that, the Tom Cotton-esque sociopathy of that. Mm. Can I just give you a, this is so random, a Tom Cotton fact that I tell people anytime it's prompted, in this case, self-prompted, that I yeah. think really gives a an insight into the fact that I, I genuinely think he's a sociopath. Okay, go ahead. He did an interview with NPR in like 2015, and... In that, they say something like, you like to run a lot. You don't seem to be a man of vices, which is like red flag number one. Do you have any vices? Well, I run every day. That's not exactly a vice. Yeah, but I run every day so I can do the one thing I love to do every day, and that's eat birthday cake. (laughs) Not cake, by the way. Birthday cake. And they go, every day? And he goes, every day. I practically memorized this. I've read it so many times. So every day, he eats a piece of birthday cake. And it, after his wife goes to the store to buy, a, like, a white uh, sheet cake or a birthday cake, and he's even said, this is what my wife and I bonded over on our first date, is that we both <laughs> ate birthday cake. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be really deeply unfortunate that I have to say that's actually really cute. <laughs> the wife bonding thing, I understand. No, actually, fuck that part. Really? I like that this guy eats birthday cake or or like that this is like let's say it's not real let's say that it's a fake little thing that his pr team and him uh threw together as to what he's going to say to the press um either way i love it i love that (laughs) imagining that this guy sits down and he cuts himself a slice of birthday cake uh i love i love that this is maybe his fake shtick that he's telling to people um because it's insane um i love it (laughs) unfortunately that's fair mine is loaded by the emotion of living in the state in which he has power yeah so there's there's a lot of see it with an unbiased view of how cute that is (laughs) no i can't at all if anything it's just confirmation bias of my perception of his sociopathy and i'm like we got another one Birthday mm-hmm. cake, weirdo. But thinking about the, the like again, cinematic prism of a person just walking in, <laughs> sighing from their long day, taking their coat off, and just like sidling up to a piece of birthday cake, and then repeating that seven days a week. Uh huh. Yeah. My my family dog growing up, um, he knew every night at nine o'clock was ice cream time, and so he would tell my mom, "Hey, it's ice cream time," and he would cry. Uh, because they had trained him to have ice cream at 9 p.m. 
<laughs> so I'm just imagining little Tom Cotton, you know, whining to his mom, laying down on the couch, uh, watching the news and saying it's birthday cake time. <laughs> you just say the three letters BCT. Yeah. And, it, and his, his ears, eyes, I guess, perk up. Maybe a human Yeah, ears and eyes ears. perk up, both yeah. of them. It would be fascinating, though, if for a human that their ears also perked up just to be yeah. like, oh, yeah. Would it be fascinating? As I just said the word fascinating, probably not. Fascinating but, is strong. Yeah. 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 It's uh, I went hard at the paint on that one. I'll yeah. get it. Yeah. We can we can edit it out. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just I just put like I just put a like self-consciously add like kind of interesting yeah. over that. That's and, good. Uh, seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah. And even kind of interesting. Can we edit that out? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> arguably interesting, depending on your perspective. There you go. Okay, good. Okay, good. It's just me editing everything to retcon it to where I add a clip of like, no, you know what? You're right. I think it is interesting. I don't think he's a sociopath. He's kind of a good guy. I, I overcompensate the other way at that point. This week's episode is two hours long. <laughs> it's two hours long, and you might not realize that I'm adding voices because there are so many more than the actual original recording. You can't tell the difference. They won't just, notice. Yeah, That's yeah, just yeah. podcast magic. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're originally from Omaha. Is that right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Off pod. I've been to Omaha. I like Omaha. You drove through? I, no, I stayed there for a couple of days. Wow. What'd you do teenager. there? Great question. What did I do there? You were a teenager? Oh, okay. So you didn't do anything. N- no, I wasn't um, <laughs> an adult on the, the hot streets oh. of Omaha. Uh-huh. I was a teenager. My aunt was an auditor on, and the, on Air Force, were for the Air Force. Oh, so sure. She was there. Yeah, everybody loved her. Everywhere she went on the Air Force base, you know, the auditor is coming. They loved her. And she was auditing something involving the Air Force Base. I guess an Air Force Base in the vicinity of, of Omaha. Yeah, Bellevue. Shout oh, okay. out to Bellevue. Bellevue. So she was staying there for an extended period of time. It was the summer. We went up there and saw, I think we went up there to see her, but also to uh, then see Phantom of the Opera that was playing there. I guess it was a... <laughs> I don't know if it was a repertory theater or it was like one of the touring company things. Sure. This is all great detail. And then we went to the Mall of America in Minneapolis after that. So we mm. were there a couple of days. I don't remember much. I remember. Did you go to the zoo? No. I wish I wish we wow. went to the zoo. I always loved visiting zoos as a kid. Yeah. As a kid, as an adult now, it feels a little more complicated. Um, but I used to work at that zoo. Really? Um, and I've got a few fun facts about my time there at that zoo. Okay. So I worked there as a marketing intern in college, and uh, they they literally called me intern. Uh, I did not oh. have a name when it came to I clocked in, and they'd be like, intern, over here. And it, which is very funny because we were working, there was like five of us working in like a dusty back room in the in the back of an exhibit, essentially. <laughs> and it's like, you would think, you know, somebody calling someone intern over here would yeah. be at some like big corporation nope nope this is just five of us in a room you know exactly who i am it's just the way i just how even more impersonal it is that you make up a high percentage a higher percentage than a corporation would and just like the juxtaposition of that and the intimacy of that juxtaposed how the complete like how devoid of warmth Mm -hmm. it is of like we don't want to know your name because we get so many of you all the time i guess it's so interesting it's funny because, you know, as I was working there, there I was in the marketing department, which, you know, is a little more of a, a social uh, side of things. But they would tell me, you know, as we were going to go talk to the keepers, they'd be like, 
Just so you know, they're kind of animal people. (laughs) I'm like, well, I mean, you guys are doing so well at being people people that. (laughs) Just so you know, intern. Yeah. They're not very good at social graces. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. It's probably weird that you get along so well randomly, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. So one day we were driving around uh, in the little golf cart, which was truly the best perk of the job. Uh, We were driving around some ESPN executives. Um, There, I don't know if you know this, but the the zoo is located right next to the uh, College World Series uh, stadium. Okay. So every year Omaha has the Baseball College World Series. And um, so what, what happens is a lot of the traffic that comes in town for for the for this the big event they come next door to what is like a world famous zoo i don't know that's probably not true i don't know if you've heard of it so um but it's like one of the quote-unquote top zoos in the country um it's it's freaking huge so like that's what you get in omaha is square footage so so it has that going for it anyway so we've got the espn executives in town and they've got their kids along and we're giving them the behind the scenes tour and i'm asking them questions about which athletes they've met and who was nice and who was mean yeah (laughs) and um my my boss she says intern you uh you can't wear those shoes out there because i was wearing high heels which is hilarious now i can't imagine doing that uh, <laughs> yeah. to work like <laughs> but it was like i'm in college this is a professional yeah. setting you know yeah you're like this is what i do <laughs> i am intern i have to get this right yeah exactly they once i wear these heels they'll respect me <laughs> and uh so she she gives me a pair of of flats that were way too big to, to wear um and she's like we're gonna go into the penguin exhibit so you need to have covered toed shoes on so I go in and um, we were showing them around the penguin exhibit and I am ecstatic. I was like, get to touch a penguin? Like the yeah. whole time I'm trying to play it cool, like I'm hosting these executives, I'm showing them around, this is going to be great, you know. But inside, all I give a shit about is the penguins. And so yeah. I uh, I take them into the exhibit and the keeper is like, again, the animal person, uh, she's like, you know, I'm I'm just so sorry, everyone. Um, the the penguin that we normally have uh, that it can be pet is just not feeling up to it today. So um, you can walk around the exhibit um, as much as you'd like, but please um, keep your hands to yourself. And I'm pissed. I'm like, yeah. no, here we go. I've got this shitty job <laughs> where they call me intern. They treat me like shit. Here's my one huge perk, right? Uh, I'm wearing shoes was... <laughs> in which I can break my ankle, arguably more yeah. so than high heels. Yeah. yeah. And um, so to set the scene a little bit, I am literally in the penguin exhibit. So um, there are patrons of the zoo on the other side of the glass walking by. They can see us. They're staring at... The people, you know, in there, like, well, who are those people? Well, it's me, <laughs> and <laughs> and like, is, um, that, is that intern? I is that intern? intern? Yeah, <laughs> interns in today. Intern, in, man, interns in there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there was probably I'm surrounded by, I don't know, I want to say like sixty penguins are around me. Oh and wow, they had in the this, numbers. They had, they truly did. Um, and we're on this like wet rocky terrain um real rocks fake rocks i'm not sure oh this took a turn okay yeah and then about 
eight feet further uh, forward to, in between me and the patrons and the glass is their water tank so they can like dive in the water and, and jump in. So we're, I, you know, I take a few wrong steps and I'm going in, I'm going for a plunge. Oh no. <laughs> but no, no, sorry. I, that didn't happen. But okay, this is the okay. risk. This is the risk. Right. So I kind of keep eyes on the room. I see my manager. I see the ESPN executives. She's, they're all kind of distracted in the corner and nobody's really looking at me except for the patrons, keeping an eye on intern. And I look down, I see one penguin all by himself and I just go down and I just touch him, just pat him on the head, see what he feels like. (laughs) And he's pissed. Oh no. (laughs) And at that point I have to scurry around the... Uh, enclosure scurry around it and and avoid any sort of perception of the ESPN executives of the keeper of anybody that may be like hey why is this happening yeah and I take one wrong step and I almost go in I almost go get fully wet fully submerged Um, but um, he did as I as I turned to look back and make sure that I wasn't gonna fall in the water he bit my foot (laughs) okay that was a question I was going to have of why no open-toed shoes. Yeah. Like fear of losing a digit, and I guess yeah. so. Yeah. So he bit the top of my foot, so I have been bit by a penguin. And after he got one bite, he uh, he loved the sweet meat, so he uh, followed <laughs> me around the rest of the enclosure, and my time with the penguins had to be cut short, and I just sort of did a, hey, I'm just going to, I'll just, I'll meet you guys at the golf cart, <laughs> and dipped out. <laughs> You're like, I'm just going to um, leave town and you're never going to hear from me again. I'm yeah. Gonna... And I like shooed him away. You can't like kick a penguin or like move. <laughs> <laughs> and you have an audience too on top yeah. of like these these uh, ESPN executives, which is like what a very specific added layer on top of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's so much happening here. And so then I'm like, I don't even have a smartphone at the time. And I like wait to get back to my desk to Google like penguin bite bad. <laughs> Am I okay? And I didn't tell anybody. I was like, I'm not, I can't lose the coveted status of intern. (laughs) I can't lose the coveted status of intern number two. Yeah, truly. And I was, I was one of two. Okay, perfect. (laughs) You're like, you're just covering every base of like penguin bite Lyme disease? Yeah. uh Just every uh little permutation. Uh It's me. But that's one thing we do know is that. When the penguin bites you, it becomes you, which is like the cancer, like the Lyme disease. It's yeah. still me. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's the point of biting where it becomes me. <laughs> but you, they didn't know that you touched the penguin, though. That I success. I mean, I would love to imagine what person, you know, the bored teenager who's there being dragged around with his his mom and his like three little rotten brothers and sisters was watching and saw the whole scene. <laughs> Just one little boy like, man, she definitely touched that penguin. Yeah, yeah. And we know that. <laughs> I definitely would have had I been in that situation. Like even if they, the people I was in there with didn't see me do it, the look on my face would like just unabashedly be, oh, he touched that penguin. Uh-huh. Like, that's definitely what happened. He touched yep. that penguin. Mm-hmm. Definitively touched that penguin. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a memorable time, though. I imagine it's a fun story now that the emotion is separated from it. You know, like, all that happens. I say that as somebody who, like, has had... 
I've had an embarrassing thing especially happen. And at the time, it's like, oh, my life's just over. Oh, that's, (laughs) you can't recover from this. And then now it's a really good story. I knew right when it happened that it was one of the funnier things that had ever happened to me. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) That's great, though, to be able to to have that in the moment, have that. To kind of like, pierce through the mortification or whatever you were feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was like, and I I don't regret it. A single choice I made there. <laughs> no, I you didn't. Have you, didn't you take a had a penguin before, Brandon? I haven't. Okay. See. I wish I could say I have. I mean, I did the standard go to SeaWorld, like, touch a stingray situation. Because they have like, that. You were wearing a shirt that said, I support everything SeaWorld does. Oh, God. You know... <laughs> The sad part is I thought about that like seconds before, a millisecond before I said SeaWorld. And Uh I just imagined, I immediately cut to my watching 20 minutes of Blackfish and not being able to get through it because it made me feel so terrible and it depressed me so much. It's, Mm -hmm. man, more power to anybody that can watch that. I can't. I cannot Mm -hmm. do it. But you'd go back though, right? Oh no, I'm supposed to go in a couple (laughs) weeks. Uh, And I've never been more excited. Yeah. As I'm wearing a SeaWorld shirt and like a, a Shamu like hat that I have Ooh, on. Oh yeah, shaped like a whale. Funny, like that's how I was trying to communicate, but I'm like, how do I phrase that? A Shamu hat, I guess is good enough for me. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're, mm-hmm. we're simpatico. Yeah. It's a word I don't think I've ever said. See, 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 simpatico. <laughs> how long have you uh, been a Trailblazers fan? Did you live in the Pacific Northwest and or Portland? Yeah, so I have been a, okay, I lived in Portland for six years and would say that my interest in the Blazers while I was there was minimal. Um, Towards the end, I was getting into them. Mm -hmm. I I dated a guy and he was really into the Blazers and and just basketball in general and, and that I sort of picked up on. I'm kind of a serial hobbyist and I like to pick up new things that are I don't know a lot about and kind of dissect why I don't know things about them etc cetera, etc cetera. I am this and, I am the same way I yeah 100% huge dorks right <laughs> I collect hobbies as much as anything as much as the hobbies themselves yes I love it it's just you know you satiate that curiosity I love it mm-hmm. yeah so he we we he got me interested in it and then um Really, it started taking off uh, in the pandemic uh, to come back to the theme of the podcast. Uh, I <laughs> I remember the exact moment and what made me laugh. And uh, there was a interview on ESPN. So a lot of times in the past, I would get a, um, I'd see a tweet that would come through about basketball. And I would just send it to this ex-boyfriend, Spencer, and I'd be like, hey, what's this about? Just yeah. because I knew that there was this whole gap in culture that I didn't know anything about, but I wanted to know more. And it's kind of a hard barrier of entry, barrier to entry, barrier. It's a barrier to get I, into. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying, though, because it's, yeah. it can be intimidating to like understand the totality of mm-hmm. decades upon decades of history and lore. Yeah. And you're like, well, but why is it important? And yeah. and then you're like, but why why does this matter? And why do we care about this? And he, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And that was all very like intimidating to me to have to absorb. And you feel that like vulnerability of that there's, and I think, I don't know, are you a sports fan as well? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You feel sort of a vulnerability that you don't know everything and like, oh, I'm going to say I really like this guy and they're going to be like, oh, did you hear about what he did though? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There. It is funny too. Like, I think a lot about when I get interested in a new thing, what is this indefinable threshold in which I feel comfortable talking about it? You know, because like, I don't purport to be an expert in these things. I'm just really curious. Right. But then how do you speak on it with any form of authority? Uh-huh. You know, like, yes. what, where does that point? I, I, str- <laughs> I kind of struggle with that. So yeah. I, you know, so it's like, I sometimes then like friends learn that I know however much I'm out about this thing because I don't talk about it because I don't know if I'm there yet. If that yes. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is fun. It, it is kind of a fun uh, thing as an adult, though, to to vulnerably say, like, I think, uh, you know, and, and to put yourself out there in into the space of experts and just say, hey, I don't I know I don't know everything about this. I think this is that. Do yeah. you agree? You know, and yes. we are our culture doesn't uh, reinforce that kind of behavior. But but it is really like fun to to do that and to push yourself to to become an expert and and the only way you can do that is by gaining confidence of of talking about it in front of others i completely agree and to your point like it almost sometimes feels shameful just to say i don't know Mm -hmm. and then get that information you know Mm -hmm. which is like its own offshoot of asking for help like it's a weird thing how that it really i think things are moving in the more positive direction in those regards Mm -hmm. but it still feels like so far away from where we should be yeah i hear yeah so i uh would send him spencer these tweets and be like what, what's this about why do we care and um the there was a espn interview going on i don't even know who it was between now looking back but it was a video where they were it was getting sent around on on twitter where the bubble was happening and so this is when i, I really this is when kelsey's nba fandom really was cemented this is the moment the bubble has happened and i i kind of hear a little bit about it um, but I wasn't really sure what it meant. And the interview, they're like, oh, well, how are they going to bring in work to the bubble? And I immediately was like, well, what is work? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I like, you know, did my little white girl Googling, what would work mean? And, you know, like following yeah. the Twitter replies and trying to see and kind of understand the the context. And they're talking about, you know, bringing ladies into the bubble. And uh, that... I thought was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it was that moment, yeah. but I was just like imagining this like summer camp hotel and everybody is like trying to sneak girls in. It, it truly reminded me of being in DECA trips in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you're familiar with DECA. Yeah. Uh, and um, I was trying to hide in the guy's room and we were watching Grandma's Boy and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hid under the covers. And my uh, marketing teacher was so mad. She was like, you have to get out of this room. It's past curfew. And just like those kind of things. Like it, to me, it felt so silly yeah. uh, that this thing we were doing, I was like, this is cute. This bubble thing is cute. But ma'am, would it interest you to know that I'll be bitten by a penguin in the future? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so that was when I really, then I, and then, you know, for me my, as a as a hobbyist, I don't, I don't just like something. I go all in. I read the books. I watch the movies. I listen, watch the documentaries. You know, I go Same all here. in. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Same here. So so that's when it started taking over my life, which I didn't have much to do. I was unemployed and 
and I was just watching, you know, every basketball game I could uh, to learn and understand everything that was going on in the league. And so um, as far as I was kind of at an inflection point because I had moved to Los Angeles already and I was like, well, I could be a Clippers fan. Um, I could never be a Lakers fan. Yeah. But like I'd already started off with this historical knowledge of the Blazers and, and had watched some of their games and, and knew kind of the history of, of the Blazers and, and, and love Portland, kind of. So I uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, the Blazers are my team, and that's when, it, that's when I locked it in. I like that. I think it's also like fun to, to root for more of an underdog. You know, mm-hmm. in that regard, it's kind of like uh, in a weird way, like discovering a band before they get big, and it's like they're yours. You know, they're, yes, you feel a little bit more ownership of them in a weird way. That's probably not great phrasing, but you know, no, it's I get like it. yeah, there's something to that. And I say that as somebody who doesn't have a team, but I've been thinking in the last couple of weeks, like I think I'm going to adopt a team. Like, yeah, I'm going to go in on fandom. People are so weird about. Uh you needing to have like credibility in order to like a team too which is so funny yeah like you need to have like scars and battle wounds <laughs> and you need to have been there for 50 years in order to say that you actually like this team or like oh you're a fan of the eagles so you live there no yeah. no oh okay so you're not a fan of the eagles how is that physically <laughs> possible if geography is not involved yeah yeah but i get it i think people are just like what's your What's your relationship with this team? How did it happen? And if it's not a like clear and obvious straight line, yeah, then they're like, oh god, like okay, what is it? Did your dad work there? Or yeah. Something? <laughs> like, yeah. What is the family tree that is your fandom that proves yeah. your bona fides in this particular situation? Yeah. I've been thinking like about which team should I go for because you know about the fandom and ownership factor. I'm like Lakers. No, that's not happening. Mm-mm. Don't do it. Why was it a no-go for you, by the way? Um, to me, it's like a one-issue a one, uh, barrier or boundary is that um, I don't support the way they handled the Kobe crisis as yeah. well as, like, I'm just not, not a fan of, of Kobe. And, like, I felt like the way he's still glorified within that organization is just... Um, gross understood yeah and it becomes a it becomes a more loaded thing to say in the wake of his death but you know as opposed to you can just say this is fucked up yeah what it is now because it's just the layers of infamy and reverence now despite everything happening yeah you cannot ignore that i completely understand that but i do want to make a disclaimer that the portland trailblazers hired a alleged rapist as their head coach so it has been a difficult time for me as a portland trailblazers fan because I have, um, I've tried to like distance myself from the team because that has been so, it's taken up so much of my relationship with the team. Like I see him on every game and, you know, he's in the media and all this. And to me, it's really um, pushed me to like other teams more too and make up a backstory of why I'm, why I like the the Warriors. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. It's not, doesn't open yourself up to a fun conversation. Yeah, and that yeah. that shit does suck. That sucks. It does. It, it just, sucks. Yeah. So, okay, who are you leaning towards for a team? Speaking of, like, geography and it not mattering, as I'm about to say, the team that is physically closest to me, and it also feels like a cheat to me, but who gives a shit? But a part of me is thinking Memphis Grizzlies because they're, like, two and a half hours away. Okay, cool. 
That'd be fun. They're, they're kind of villains. Do you want to like villains? Yeah, because then it adds to the underdog factor. You know, it's a yeah. smaller market. Uh-huh. It's close to me, so I can go to a game very easily, mm-hmm. which is cool. But it does feel like it's cheap because I'm, I'm like, let me just so happen to choose this team that's very much on the rise. You know, True. so, and well, so, you know, sort of it's like, but then what's the alternative? Let's go to a team I have no emotional connection to and it sucks ass. Like, do yeah. I want to do that too? So, you know, I think it's a middle you should ground. like the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> <laughs> wow, now we're really pushing it. The yeah. Sacramento Kings. I was looking at win projections this morning to uh-huh. see like what they were projecting. Just casually. Different... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where my <laughs> fandom goes, by the way. I'll read anything on this subject. Like, I uh-huh. love it. Lists, too, about, like, rankings of players. Like, what you're doing on the flavor ones. I eat that stuff up, so I love it. I don't know what it is. Like, draft projections, all these collated lists like that. Love them. Love it. Cool. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I love all that stuff. So, I say that because the not your, but previously your Portland Trailblazers were projected, are projected to get 39 wins. Yeah, I know. Depending on what you see. 37, 38, something like that. But I saw one today that was a list, and it's on Bleacher Report, so it's like major grain of salt, but because uh-huh. uh, it's just such a volume factory that website. But yeah, they projected Sacramento to have one more win on the season <laughs> than the Trailblazers, and I'm like, man, that's a, that's a lot. I now because they have been digging their heels in with Chauncey, even though they had an opportunity, like when the backlash hit, they had an opportunity to pivot. Yeah. Um, and they fired their GM, and there's been an offer to purchase the team sort of quietly on the table. Now I, I simultaneously get gratification from them winning and from them losing. So it's sort of like I can't lose because I'm mad at them for the choices they've made <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that they continue making. <laughs> um, and I'm also a little excited when they win. So I feel pleasure either way. That's a Yeah, the dichotomy of <laughs> hell yeah and that's what you get. That's what, That's you, what get. you get. <laughs> Karma, baby. And then you're like, hell yeah, win. Yeah. That is nice. That is good to feel both yeah. of those sides. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is nice. But yeah, Kings apparently on the rise. I guess there's a lot of expectations with DeMontis Sabonis, who uh, seems like good at a lot of stuff, but not great at anything, as far mm-hmm. as I can tell. I guess he's just not an exciting player. So then in my mind, I'm like, boring. But then again, Tim Duncan was boring as shit, but incredible. Yeah. So. Do you know where the Sacramento Kings were before they were in Sacramento? Don't look it up. I'm, I'm not confirming it. I'm not. I'm not. Omaha. That's right, baby. They were the Omaha Kansas City Kings. They were in both Kansas City Omaha Kings. Excuse me. That's amazing. First of all, I did not know that. I was just guessing because you got excited about it. And I'm like, there must be a connection here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then I was reading the context clues in a very. Yeah. It can only be one place. <laughs> What's sad is, though, I was trying to find Sherlock. I almost said Dr. Seuss. In a very Dr. Seussian way, mm-hmm. I deducted that because Dr. Yeah. Seuss, notably deductive. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. So that yeah, was that like an ABA team or was that um, NBA? I don't know. I guess here's what I know. I went on a date with a guy recently who told me he was a Kings fan, and I said, whoa, <laughs> tell me <laughs> everything. <laughs> and uh, he, I think kind of similar to you and me, he he liked basketball, but he was trying to figure out, you know, his team, and I think maybe his dad liked it. 
from before, but um, he grew up in Kansas City. And so he said, well, you should like the Kings. And I said, well, why? And he goes, they're from Omaha and uh, in Kansas City, so uh, where he was from. So that's where that information came to me. Um, that's but cool. yeah, I don't, that's all I know about it. That's as far as <laughs> deep yeah. as I've gone. I was like, oh, interesting. I'll <laughs> use this information and look no further into <laughs> it. <laughs> it is funny how like, despite being really curious, sometimes a box in my head is checked that I didn't know I was gonna check. And I'm like, that's yes. good enough. Good enough. That's more than I needed. This is 100% a win because I never expected to know this anyway. I'm awful. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) The other team I was thinking about that is like a fun on the rise but isn't established yet but could be like the Cavaliers could be fun to follow. Yeah. That could be really cool. Like I don't have any. What about the Pelicans? I, well, what was that sound? I like it. (laughs) I think. That's the birthday cake eating sound. Yeah. That's what he makes when he eats his birthday cake every night. Yeah, his wife is upstairs. She hears, ah! And then she was like, oh, Tom's about to eat his birthday cake. (laughs) Must be 8.45 p.m. His eyes perked up. Yeah. (laughs) Well, his otherwise dead soulless eyes suddenly perked up. There's a little bit of light in them as he's eating his birthday cake. That would be, honestly, in retrospect, too, that New Orleans is maybe the team. Maybe that's the team I should go with. Because they're really fun. They're so fun. They're good guys. They're not villains. If we're ticking arbitrary boxes, my dad is born and raised in New Orleans. So I have the bona fides should somebody who doesn't deserve any of that information. Yes. To question my allegiance. How dare they? This team I've been a fan of for three months or whatever at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, You know what? It is funny. The only reason I was hesitant to be like, hell yeah, on that. It's because I'm, I desperately want Zion Williamson to be healthy. Yeah. And it just would be such a bummer to be like, new fan. And then he goes down and you're like, this this is pain. This is pain I have entered into. They're going to be even good without him, though, man. I really They're like good. their lineup. They're, like, CJ is, I mean, for me, if I had to be trapped in a hotel room with any NBA player and, like, let's say we're under the influence of something, yeah. I would love to have a conversation with CJ. He seems like such a lovely individual and so fun. So you'd get CJ out of the deal. That is pretty cool because I've had, um, as as a non-deep dive, kind of, sort of, still Portland Trailblazers fan, like I've, uh, I've not seen, I've only seen him on like some national telecast. Yes. And he seems like a damn delight. And he's also an absolute natural at it. Like he's going to be such a star when he retires. Uh-huh. And goes into broadcasting. He's so good. He seems like a delight. Yeah. The only thing, my only complaint with him, because he was so great on ESPN or whatever, is that he's such a goof in, in I was going to say in real life, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. when we hang out, Siege, Siege yeah. and I, um, <laughs> but he is so goofy. He's always dancing. He's always making people laugh. He, But he's such a natural entertainer that when he's a pundit on these TV shows, he goes into like serious uh, oh. players association uh, president guy. And you're like, oh man, I love to see the fun CJ though. Maybe he'd be a better like premium podcaster. He does. I think he's got a podcast. Okay, I was for some reason I couldn't remember if he did or not. I've never listened. I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fair enough. I listen to too many at this point. But you should listen to JJ Reddick's because he has so much personality. Great podcaster. <laughs> he's got quite a voice, though, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like you don't believe that that's a man who made his living playing basketball. It's funny because like there are some people you're like, wow, I know so much about this person, but then you realize you've never heard them speak. 
Yes. And I never, I don't know what I was expecting, but I'm like, oh, okay, huh. Not that. It's yeah, a, no. It's a full-bodied voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, that's like the first sentence on his Wikipedia page is, contains a, contains, mm, that's good enough word, a full-bodied voice to finish that joke. <laughs> you know, the show's fine. He's just a very serious person. For sure. Fair enough. Boring. If you drew up a former Duke player, I feel like that would probably be the composite drawing. Yeah. The tattoos are surprising, though. That always seems out of character for him, to, in my mind, of him having so many tattoos. Yeah, he does seem like he would be a... Not that this doesn't like completely like crash into each other, but just the, my body is my temple, and he wouldn't yes. be that type. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It just surprises me that they're there, and there's so many of them. <laughs> you know what's sad is, though? This How is did my... they get there? <laughs> <laughs> my parents never sat me down and had me the talk. About tattoos. So now I just, I'm like, how did they get there? What happened? How did they get there? You know what the sad part is? And this is my perception of having been to Orlando a handful of times. This is the influence of of living in Orlando for a number of years, was was my thought. Oh, interesting. But then again, I think he got them recently. So I don't think that's correct at all in hindsight. I think I'm just projecting hatred towards Orlando for some reason. Yeah, you should really take it easy on Orlando. No punching down on Orlando. Yeah, I'm going to write that down and talk to my therapist about it. What's my problem with Orlando? I'm projecting tattoo-based thoughts that are in the negative light. That's not fun. <laughs> I think maybe I think maybe Memphis. I think they have or... tattoo conventions in Orlando. <laughs> that really seems... Maybe he's been going to a tattoo convention in Orlando. <laughs> you know what's sad is? I was just thinking... I was about to say the most involved and full-throated yes to that because it makes so much sense yeah and again i can't explain why but to me it just makes so much sense i do not I agree know i think probably every weekend there's a tattoo convention there and he just went every weekend <laughs> <laughs> then in like a week he tells a story about going to TatCon. yeah and then it was like and the seed was planted and that's why i have this sleeve yeah mm-hmm. it's an uncharacteristic sleeve okay yeah i think I'm, i gotta look into the pelicans for some reason that didn't occur to me you know the alternative too is like the dallas mavericks but i i just no i don't know i no, can't no, do no, it no, 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 oh wait wait just remembered all their controversies that were terrible oh i mean listen you, you can't find a team without one but fair enough i mean do you want to do you want to be a luca guy that's the thing do you, you want to do that that was the thing that was keeping me from doing it prior to just now remembering how um awful of like a it's horribly it's run and how all that awful stuff. It's very loaded, but to your point, so many others are too. Yeah. But but that was the overriding thing. It was like Luca. I'm like, he's really talented, and I respect that. But he also bitches and moans so much, and seems like an asshole. He seems like a kid that pulled my hair in seventh grade. Like, so yeah. I mean, like would truly, just like bully. <laughs> like truly, it just seems like he never grew up. Yeah, he's been. A professional since he was like 14 or something yeah so all exactly. that emotional stasis of that yeah yeah he's uh the nba equivalent to a child actor mm-hmm. has all of the yeah. emotional stasis of not having to know what the actual childhood is yeah he's the physical manifestation of a biting penguin one could argue <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Just do not you touch it. Have him. to wear closed toe shoes around yeah. Luca. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, anytime somebody touches him, he bitches and moans to a ref. So it kind of tracks in its own way. Yeah. That yeah, you know, just keep your distance, or you'll yep. fall into the metaphorical water. Mm-hmm. I can't go for that. I think that 
The Pelicans and the Grizzlies are good choices for you. Both are fun. Uh, fun to watch. The Cavs, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I don't really feel that one as much. The only other one I could think of, and that would be fun, I think that could be fun and upstart, and I like some of their players too, are like maybe like the Detroit Pistons, like a very buy low, get in on the ground floor type team, you know? (laughs) Buying really, really low. I mean, arguably the lowest you can buy, I guess, at this point for this season are the Spurs, which I have, you know, I've been to San Antonio. Mm -hmm. I like that town, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You, yeah, the Pistons have they're bringing back their fun jerseys, so you could get a fun jersey out of it. I don't know if you're a person that wears jerseys, but um, they, it'll be something good to look at. I do like their colors too, and I do yeah. like I like that blue or the maroon yeah, or whatever the one, it is. The, yeah, the teal. They're like, yes. they, all their Twitter is all about the teal. The teal's coming back. I do like that color. That's, yeah, it's that's cool. a good color. I haven't. I don't own a jersey, but. I don't know. I don't know where this fandom is going to lead me. I could become a Jersey True. guy. True. Never know. We all know how it, the, it's a slippery slope. <laughs> uh, the gateway drug of basketball. Mm, you could become mm-hmm. a Jersey person. Yeah. One minute somebody is talking about sex work on national TV. <laughs> the next minute you're wearing a Jersey with no shirt underneath it. <laughs> You know the way that when you said that too, the the phrasing of work in that context, mm-hmm. you know how evocative it is to hear a word you've heard a billion times, but in a new yeah. bit of phrasing, and you're like, "What does that mean?" Yes, and you that I little, can understand that. I completely get the that. little question mark above yeah. your head goes off, and you do the little dog head tilt. Work, hmm. you're like, huh? Huh? What could that possibly mean? And then now you're a a bittersweet Trailblazer fan. So yeah, it goes. You never know where it's going to take you. But, you know, never I think know. also in that moment, like as as two people that collect hobbies, when you're at the beginnings and then continued pandemic, you're like, wow, I'm going to lean into this thing of collecting hobbies. I'm going to collect stuff <laughs> and I'm going to get into things. I've yeah. learned so much in the last two years that is largely utterly useless, but mm-hmm. still fun to know. Yeah, so it's fun. great. I enjoy it very much. The alternative? What's the alternative? I don't think there is one. I don't think we we chose this. This is just this is this is the path we're on. I'd say I have no choice. This is just yeah. how it is. Yeah. Like I get so interested in things and then I just have to know all about them, you know, like even at a party if somebody's talking to me and I have no idea what this, you know, anything about the subject, I'm like, let me ask questions and let me get this info download because I want to know everything. Yeah. It's great. What a way to end the show, but we have to do it because that's you know how this works. I guess I don't know. I'm losing my mind. I feel like but, let's go uh, another hour. All right, everybody, this is <laughs> hour one. Take your restroom break. <laughs> God, I wouldn't. I you know doing the show and like talking to people like before the show and some of them for like an hour before the show even. I realized how long sustained focus of mine can last, and I top out at two to three hours. And then I just lose it uh, for me. I just can't handle it. It's uh, it's a skill. Congrats to anybody out there who can do a 15-hour podcast. I guess I just described Joe Rogan. No, fuck that. He sucks, but this show's great. Congrats, Joe. That's the one thing you got. Yay. Here's your social discasting bingo card. Joe Rogan got mentioned. Have a drink? What? I yeah. don't know how that works. But... Um, Thank you for doing this, by the way. This is great. Thanks for having me. Yes. We did it. 
We did it. We did it. You're one and only ever podcast appearance. Yeah. Man, it go down. It's the in, only one. It's going to go down in infamy and not for me. So that's good. Not for me. What all? Do you want to plug anything? I always ask this, but anything oh, you want to plug? Oh, I guess I, I wasn't even prepared for plugs. What a funny thing that I have to be in now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, listen to the flagrant ones. Uh, join our Patreon. Um, I tend to come up with some cool stuff on the video side of things. So if you want to join the video tier, then you can see everything. Um, But sorry if you aren't on the video tier and you just hear me creating things and then get annoyed (laughs) that no one's describing them. So um, yeah, join the Patreon. Um, Other things, I guess I'm going to plug eating birthday cake and (laughs) petting penguins cautiously but <laughs> petting them nonetheless yeah and be sure to wear oversized uh slip-ons or whatever they yes wear. yes yes <laughs> patreon.com slash the flagrant ones and also like for the record if you're not subscribed to the video tier it does add a lot it really does wow uh, good brandon thank you thank you with the upsell brandon it's great it's it, it really <laughs> does add a lot i listened to an episode i listened to the episode and then i tend to like put it on the background and watch it and uh cool it does add it really does you know as much as there's not the most all the time like video component mm-hmm. uh i mean usually there is especially with the rankings that are happening right now that helps me a lot because i can't keep up with you know whether somebody is well i can't remember any of the whether somebody's in goblin mode there you go or whether somebody is sweet but sour sweet but psycho sweet. that's what it is there you sweet go you got it Ooh, man, I'm sweating now. <laughs> Either way, it, it's great. Thank you again for doing this. And this Thank was, you. This Thanks was for a damn delight. Yeah, absolutely. It was very fun. This is where I talk to the audience. Thank you for listening. Please take care, stay safe, get vaccinated and or boosted. Please, two thumbs up. I got COVID a month ago and it helped me a lot. And also COVID sucks. So don't do that. Hey, there's a novel concept. COVID, not great. Don't get it. Sucks. Uh, what a way to end it. Dear God. Bye.